I somehow really think because I was held by the group did not feel a scarcity around it at all. I was just ready for it in a way that had been prepared for over the last, at this point would have been a year, right? Or So I opened up the doors energetically. I think the mastermind is the only place I ever really told it to. And of course, did have some loving sisters that wanted to hire me right away, which is probably how it all propelled. Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. I'm super excited for today's episode. And before I dive in, I have to say I'm blown away that listeners like you have downloaded this podcast more than 10,000 times. Unbelievable. As a way to give back and provide insane value for free, I'd like to invite you to take my Money Wounds quiz. In just six questions, you'll get insights into your relationship with money that will feel so accurate. And then you get access to my free masterclass on how to heal your money wounds. Just go to moneywoundsquiz.com to start. Hello, and welcome back to the M Makes Money Show. If you are joining us from YouTube, you will see that this is a very special episode because I'm recording live and in person with one of my best friends, Rochelle Serna. She has been a client in... Actually, she was a client in my agency business, then became friends, then joined my mastermind. She's also been an incredible person to help me at live retreats and so that our listeners know who you are and what you're all about. Yes. Thank you, first of all, so much for having me. So excited to be here. So I do branding and web design as it didn't always start that way though when I entered your mastermind. So we can talk about that journey a little bit. But yeah, I do branding and web design for mostly service-based entrepreneurs. And it's really in a way that is very in alignment with their soul and their authenticity. And it's a joy to take this art form and be able to represent people in their like highest light. There's a lot of trust. And I really feel like it's a, it's not just about getting branding. It's like helping them. They're already ready for that next level. And it's just this portal that they can step into that with. And so it's just like supporting them through that process. Totally. And I'm thinking it's actually really cool. And this is something that's so good for all of us as entrepreneurs, like when we have to introduce ourselves or give a bio. I don't know about you, but I almost always feel like, oh, my bio has changed slightly since the last time I shared it. And sometimes even not so slight, but you came on the show once before Mm -hmm. and it would have been after our Beverly Hills retreat, which was July, 2021. And... So I guess, I don't know when we would have recorded that, August, maybe August or September. I wasn't doing what I'm doing now. No. And it wasn't even the next retreat, which was in Breckenridge. You were like totally in the void. Winter. (laughs) Yeah. You were absolutely in winter, which all the magic was brewing below the surface, but you didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. And I think we both did a pretty good job of just honoring that that's where you were at. Yeah. But I know it was a little hard, of course, because yeah. like we had a photographer come to do photos and you she were like, had a harder time with it than us. I think she's like, what do you do? And I was like, I can't tell you. I don't yeah. know right now. You're like, normally I have such a vision for photos, but I don't even know what I want to wear or right. what yeah. scenes I want or. So it's been a journey. And I feel like to rewind for anybody that hasn't heard the episode, like I came to Emily, we first met because I was doing a dry wipes company, service-based, I'm sorry, product-based business, and had grand plans for that, had put everything in it, really approached it from, I think, a very like action, move forward kind of way. 
And so I'm so grateful that it like introduced us, but I tried to make that go. I was going through depression in 2020 along with, I know a lot of the rest of the world. And so really I just wasn't in a very healthy mental space. I had a really low self-worth and was trying to create a business, which I think is completely goes against each other. Because you don't believe you're worthy of anything. How are you supposed to create a business that is paying you? And even from that first retreat to the second one in Breckenridge, it's like I had made so much progress. I was more in a trusting space, but I tell people, I have like a crazy story over the last couple of years. And I tell people, mostly it was because of the work that I did with you. Like Mm. really, I mean, on both levels, on a friendship level. And I think that needs to be honored. And also in the group, because I was at such a low point of self-worth when we first went to that retreat. and. It took being in a group of powerful, amazing women and watching the things they can do and then seeing, loving them so deeply and then eventually realizing that they see those things in me. That is what, and we've talked about this, but sometimes I'm like, how come I couldn't see my own worth? But it's like, hey, if we can help you get there faster, isn't that magic? Why are we trying to do this on our own? Why are we trying to do this on our own? And that is what I think changed my life completely. It's not a dramatization at all. That is what changed my life. When people are how did you get here? Like for context, I don't know if we're going to be going through the whole story, but I live in Hawaii now. My family moved there on a whim and I live this incredible life. I have a successful business and it's people are like, how did you just trust? How did you do that? Because of the mastermind, because I was in this space, because I was surrounded by these incredible women that wanted the best for me, led by an amazing intuitive coach and friend. And it's the amount of self-worth that was reinvigorated in me and the amount of possibility that was opened up by watching what all these women were doing. It's like, wow, I relate to them. I see what they're doing. I love them so much. They love me. Can I do what they're doing in a different way? Can I be as worthy as them? I couldn't answer no to those questions eventually. They had convinced me (laughs) accidentally through love and support that I was capable. And my whole trajectory of what I'm doing now, life, business, joy, happiness has changed completely. You can testify to that. You see where I was at that time. Yeah, I really can. And I just want to breathe into everything that you shared for a moment because I know so much of my audience is coaches and service providers. And I think sometimes it can be difficult for us to really let the impact land because there's a part of me that wants to immediately be like, but you did it. And of course you did it. But I know what you're saying. And it's not to minimize your own role in it, but it's just to help me hear how significant that container was in the space and our friendship. And I'm so grateful for that too. It's been such a gift in my life. And I think it's one of the like magical things about when we do our school's work and when we kind of line up our mission with our income and our impact, it doesn't feel like work. And I feel I get so much out of coaching relationships too. It's not like I'm giving and then all I'm receiving is money. I'm giving and I'm receiving like love and friendship and validation. And I get to experience my impact in the world. And I learn from you and from the other women. And I'm sure you feel that in the work that you're doing now too, where you're not just receiving money. You're getting like this creative outlet and you're meeting like the coolest soulpreneurs. It doesn't feel like work. I get excited. I get giddy to like, oh, I get to work right now. I get to create. And I will say when I first made this transition into this, there was a lot of doubt. Oh, am I good enough? I'm going to be able to do this. I've been designing, creating for years and years, but wasn't technically trained in it. And 
So I did have to shift initially into this idea of, okay, can we center them? What are you able to do for this client rather than being worried about? Because I'm also very scrappy. I know I can figure out if I don't know how to do something, like I can figure it out, but there was still like little whispers of, are you going to be good enough? And then when I made that transition to being like, wait, but you get to celebrate these people. You get to watch them develop or help their businesses shine and represent all of the magic that's in them. And when I was able to make that shift and see that, oh, I actually just get to watch somebody unfold. And I just get to play a small role in helping them get there. Like it was such a cool thing. Even though it's not coaching, like it's a very similar feeling of being able to see them just evolve right before you and create these deep relationships and learn so much and be able to create. So yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because I know you had some broader themes around limiting beliefs around worthiness and stuff, but then it also manifested in like specific ways too, where it was like, but I don't know everything or I don't know enough specifically about ADA and accessibility. And I feel this compulsion to disclose to my potential clients, all of my weaknesses. (laughs) And it's been so interesting. Spoiler alert, I've hired Rochelle. So we haven't actually officially started working together yet. So we'll record a part two once that's all done. But it was really cool to get on a call with you and have you just answer my questions and talk me through the process. And then you like sent over a proposal and it adds this nice multi-step process where there was legal language that I was agreeing to. And I felt like the proud mama. Oh my gosh, look at how far she's come. Not only is this like a real business, but it had all this beautiful branding and it had photos from our Palm Springs yes. retreat, which was the next retreat after Breckenridge. And granted, I think it was like a year apart, but it's incredible how in that time you launched a business. And so when you look at the difference in those photos, it's so night and day. And with the Palm Springs retreat photos, you knew what you wanted your branding colors to be. You knew the vibe. And so now it plugs right into your brand. And that's part of the client experience as they're reading this information about what it looks like to work with you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's doing it. Like, this is it. This is the work. It's so amazing. Yeah. And you and the mastermind group and the retreats and everything are like literally woven into every piece of this, whether it's like obvious or not, this journey has been like such a huge part. I really, when I look back, I'm telling you, people are like, how, like, how did you trust? Or how did you like, it's crazy to think about even what my life would have been like if it wasn't I just don't think I would have been able to get here. Like you say, it's this fast track, right? Sure. Maybe I would have been able to get here, but I don't think I would have been able to get here this fast is what I was trying to say, because it it helps you get the shortcut, right? I feel like. um, I totally agree. And it's like, often our gifts are hard for us to see. And so having that group that can reflect it back to you and I think really helped you to step into your expertise around web design and branding. And I remember a moment too, when we all realized that you were copywriting for all of your clients as well. And we're like, wait, hang on. You're writing all of their copy? Okay. We need to do some adjustments to pricing. This is really incredible. And another woman in the mastermind was also running a marketing agency. And I think she really helped too, to build your belief around that. But for you, it was like, yeah, of course I'm rewriting their copy because the copy that they give me isn't good. 
And it doesn't align with what I feel is like their next level soul evolution. That part's really special and something you need to be talking about. Yeah, no, totally. It is really fun because like you say, those things come naturally. So you're like, doesn't right. everybody just, when they see something written, they're like, well, I can rewrite that a different way that would benefit this or whatever. And so being able to be in this multifaceted mirror, essentially, but the best mirror ever, because yeah. The idea that you have this like reciprocal celebration of each other. It's just yeah. very special. Yeah. And I think that even being able to find the worth hold place in a space like that is just this whole journey. Every part of it has been beneficial because I could have told myself stories that I wasn't there or that, or I should be able to do it this way or that way. And it's just, I don't know. It's a very unique experience that you can't really explain until you experience it. Yeah, it's so true. And also like being behind the scenes in other people's businesses, it really humanizes what the path to success looks like. But I think it also does help you realize where you're out of alignment because just rewinding back to your dry wipes business, you were doing all the things on paper, like all the things and you didn't feel lit up by it but you felt I need to show that I've turned over every stone. And what if this is the thing? And this is a strategy that's working for someone else. And I suspect that when you hear yourself saying it and you feel how you feel about it, and then you witness someone else talking about their business, it really helps you see, oh, somehow they're growing their business and they don't hate 90% of it. There's something wrong here. No, totally. And it is so interesting because I'm a manifester and I'm an Enneagram one for those of you that follow along with that. So my desire to have this like level of perfection and make sure I'm doing everything right and all of that is was such a part of that business, but in an unhealthy way. And I don't know if it's just me or these Enneagram numbers and stuff, but it's like my desire to also listen to those that I respect and then do those things. And so it can become this rabbit hole where... I'm constantly seeking advice. And then I feel like if I don't follow that advice, I'm somehow being disrespectful or not doing the right thing or whatnot. And so it's like giving away all this power. And it wasn't even felt that way in the moment, but it was just me wanting to do whatever I need to do to get this business going. And I was working tirelessly on doing things that are not manifestor things, but like totally going against my type, feeling so burnt out, so really playing into that story of me not being worthy because then these things aren't working. And it's one thing that really was important about this whole process was that, yes, of course, I got to see other people doing it. I got to hear from your amazing coaching. But at the end of the day, it was really reinvigorating, like bringing myself back to myself. Yeah. That's all that this whole thing really was about was yeah. that everything that you guide me through is okay. But it was all about really, what do I want? What do I need? And I think one of the things that you do incredibly well is you give advice without expectation. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can say, here's what I would do, what not you're not offended if I don't take that. I needed people in my life that were mentoring and okay if I made a different choice. Yeah, I hadn't really found that. I'd actually been in some circles where when I, it was reaffirming the fact because it's like, I didn't take their advice because I, or, or maybe I just asked them a further question and be like, why are you questioning me? This works. And I, and it did not work well for me who already lives with a lot of shame and a lot of like, I need to be perfect and all this being in a space where I was fully expected to make a different, fully accepted to make a different choice if it needed to be. Freedom Mm -hmm. is like freedom. And I think that's rare in a mentoring space. I think it's rare to have 
people giving advice and lovingly being okay if you don't take it. I don't know. I think that's a muscle that is very hard to exercise. So I give you all the kudos for that. Thank you. you. Yeah. Totally receiving that. There's definitely a sharp contrast compared to the more bro masterminds, which I know we've both been in those spaces at different times where you almost feel like gaslit. Of course, you're not having success because you didn't follow the plan. So it's crap. I'm wrong but it also feels wrong to go against my intuition. Right. Yeah. You can't win. (laughs) And yeah. And so I think we're doing better in some of these other coaching spaces with just like having more tolerance, but you and I have talked about my thing, the drum that I will beat until the end of time. It's about leading you back to you. It's not about you following me. It's leading you back to you. Cause if you know you, then I feel so happy about it. Totally. And then it's a skill and like a practice and a relationship that serves you for the rest of your life. I don't want there to be codependence on me or a certain coaching container or whatever. That would be a very self-serving thing, but I'm not here for that. Yeah, (laughs) I know. But I think that's amazing. And it's so deeply beneficial in a way, like you said, that will go beyond any container because... I think we're hopefully things are changing and things will change for our kids. But I think we're in a society where at least as women, we're like taught to give our power away so young. And so to just be in a space where that's not expected, because I think it can still happen on accident in even like more modern day coaching. So it's been a huge gift in my life. Talk to me about we had a friendship first and then you came into the mastermind. I don't know. Did it ever feel tricky? for you to have both in parallel or to not know what to bring into the coaching space versus like when we were hanging out in person. Yeah. So I think that really to understand, you have to understand the context of the way that I saw myself when we first met, right? I was in that space of seeking whatever the silver bullet or someone to come save me or whatnot, very wounded feminine. Mm -hmm. And so if anything, it wasn't necessarily because of the mastermind, but it was because I had set myself to think that everyone knew better than me. Mm-hmm. And so when we first met and I had hired you as for your agency, mm-hmm. I already was like looking to you to fix this thing with my wipes. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the mastermind actually didn't feel that way because we had developed this friendship and it was like this journey that I felt to exploring together. Yeah. So it didn't feel that way, but I was still in a space of seeking at first. I would say that if there ever was a feeling of me not knowing, or it was all like an internal thing that I was actually getting out of because of our work together. But yeah, there was times when I was, I still was dealing with that. If she's giving me this advice now that she's the coach and I don't take it, I had to break down those barriers, but it wasn't necessarily because of me going to that space. It's because of how I, the space that I was in when we met and it was pretty low at that point in time. I had probably the lowest I've been in my life, which I did not think you'd Remember the first time we went, we talked about this, I think, but I was really not in a healthy space. And if anything, it was more that. She cried in the park on our play date and then was like, she's never going to want to hang out with me. The play date was the kids, not, Not we we didn't call our hangout a play date, but yeah, we got the kids together and I was just really unhappy crying the whole time. I was happy to be meeting with you, but I was just unhappy with the state of the world and my internal state crying the whole time. And I was got in the car and I thought, this person's never going to want to hang out with me again. We're developing this new relationship. You just ruined your chance. So just, and then I think we text and you're like, yeah, I'd love to do it again. And I was like, what? Then I had my own version of that where you and Oscar and the kids came up the first time you came to my house and it was like a larger get together. I don't know. There were like five or six families there, maybe more. And seven or eight year old girl 
walks out to where we're all hanging out and talking. And she's, look, a toy mouse. And she's holding on to a live, a dead, but real mouse and like squeezing its belly. And we're like, oh no, we need to put that down. Go wash your hands. And basically she had dissembled this mouse trap that we had in our house. Thankfully, it was one of those kind where they just get electrocuted. So it's not her fingers almost got snapped off or something by grabbing this mouse. But I'm thinking, oh my God, first time that they're hanging out with us. And I feel like maybe I knew enough about you to know that there might have been some germaphobe kind of stuff. You're like, she has a wipes company. This has to mean something. Yeah, all natural wipes. And I'm like, oh yeah, come to my house and your children might find and play with a dead mouse. I didn't think about it that way, but it is funny when you say it that way. And I definitely remember. It was a memorable moment, for it sure. It was memorable. Yeah, just for the record, first and only yes. time that happened. <laughs> I love it. So it's funny. We both have this like first meeting story and like unsureness of how we were going to be received. And then we didn't hang out for a long time because Oscar left his jacket at our house and it was hanging up on the coat rack for months and months. Yeah. So you brought it to that first play date. And also I was definitely divinely, our relationship was divinely orchestrated because I had said that morning in my meeting to be saved, the morning that I like got in contact with you, I was like, okay, universe, is it Amazon? Is that where I need to be? How do I make this wipes thing go? And I literally put my hands up and said, okay, I'm ready. Someone to help me for someone to help me. And I have no idea how we were connected on Facebook. I know we have a mutual friend, but I don't remember sending a request or receiving a request. I don't remember. But that day I saw you on my feed talking about your agency, your Amazon agency. And I was like, whoa. This is very weird. We had one mutual friend. So I really have no idea how we actually got connected, but I didn't know who you were. No. And I saw that I had a mutual friend. I texted the mutual friend. I was like, hey, is this person like worth talking to for the Amazon stuff, for business things? And yeah, she's great. Like you guys have a lot in common. So I reached out and that's how relationships started. But it's crazy to even think about that. It's so wild. Yeah. And even like when we talked on the phone for the first time, I have a process I usually go through when I'm talking to a potential brand that wants to work with us on Amazon. And I feel we were talking about home births and cloth diapering. And granted, your product is related to that, but it wasn't a traditional sales conversation. conversation. Yeah. And I was, okay, what's in your budget? And you're like, I don't know. And then I'll get back to you. And I'm like, okay. And it was just very trusting. And then it all unfolded from there. Yeah, it did. Even you were the one when I was in the void, trying to figure out what I was being guided to that is now this coaching business. And you're like, you need to buy emilywilcox.com. Whatever you do, you're going to need it. Yeah. (laughs) And you like followed up with me on that too, because we talked about it and I was, oh yeah. And then you like sent me a text. It's available. Did you buy it? <laughs> did I have to pay more for it? I think I did, but it was only like 200 bucks or something. And you're like, no, that's really good. Yeah. I'm like, for your full name. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. There's been so many synchronicities, but I think even to just go back and ask, answer your question about more thoroughly about how it is to be yeah. friends and be in, I would say that. I always was inspired by how beautifully you seemed to be able to walk it because there was definitely some insecurities in me. There was, but it wasn't because I was very aware the whole time. 
there was never this feeling. Actually, sometimes I bring up to you, even when we were just like chatting in your jacuzzi, but I have this feeling of putting people on a pedestal. Sometimes you'd be like, what? I don't know. You just were kind of like, why would you have that? There's this groundedness to you that's very inspiring to me because when I love somebody, I tend to like really put them up and then all these things. And that's great and fine, unless it affects your own worth. And that is what was happening with me. And I feel like if anyone brought me down from that, when we'd be having personal conversations, because I'm also very honest, I'm going to tell everything I feel. And so you'd be able to be like, but why squash those feelings if they were there? I think the trickiest part, which we've talked about was when I moved away and we weren't physically able to be together as much because that helped balance it too. We were together weekly with playdates of our own and the children. And then we were in the mastermind. It was almost like these two parallel worlds living together. And then it shifted when we moved away and couldn't be together physically to being only mastermind. And by then I had so much more confidence in myself, but still was like, okay, how do we navigate this new piece? Because I miss also that friendship. And I feel like it just worked. It did just work. But there was like a couple of times when I was like, can I ask this question? But I always felt like we were so comfortable with each other that Mm. if I was going to ask you it, sometimes I'd be like, do you want me to take it into the mastermind? You ask you something, be like, should I talk about this in the mastermind? Because it could be good to talk about. It's interesting for me to hear that feedback. I've always felt that it works. I have a friend who's a therapist and she would never take a friend right. as a client. In fact, you're like, you're not, legally allowed not allowed. Yeah. But I think she also really has a belief behind that. It's the same brain and that our brains can't distinguish or delineate right. between the professional aspect of this relationship and personal. And I don't even know that I disagree with that, but I've always just had this lingering question of, do I believe it applies to coaching? But then because it's not like I'm sitting people to join. I let people join that feel drawn to it. It's been fine. But I have had a couple, you being one, one or two other people where like there is a beautiful blend of friendship and professional relationship and coaching. And I don't know, it's always worked. Yeah. But I think it works because you are so grounded. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think someone was really feeling, and I think this could happen to anyone. I think even myself, if I was feeling like I had to be in this position of always saying the right thing or doing something because of that oneness of me, I feel like you don't have that. I can tell you the thing and it's okay if it's not the thing and it's okay if it's right. I think that there is a personality right. thing there too. And I come to you for friend stuff also. I don't not one side. Yeah. And so maybe that is the piece where it's like, because I don't want to be on a pedestal and don't feel that I need to be in order to be an effective coach. Then I also feel like I can tell you the things that aren't going well in my business or the things I'm struggling with in personal friendships. And I don't feel like that reflects poorly on me as a coach. So I could see where that would get tricky too. Cause you're like, dang it, if I need to be perfect, then I like definitely can't yeah. let anyone get too close because they're going to notice. Yeah, that totally. It's not so I, I think that there are some personalities that can cater to it a little bit differently. And I'm yeah. sure you can learn yourself in or out of those things too. Yeah. But yes, my desire to be seen perfect could be tricky in that situation maybe. But yeah, which I'm working through the, by the way, I don't have it as much as I used to. No, but, you don't. But little parts of me is still there. So yeah. It comes through and hopefully channeling it in the right ways. Let's make sure these buttons work on your website all correctly instead of me being having to be seen a certain way. True. The meticulousness can be very beneficial. Okay. So before we wrap, I think it would be fun for you to fill in a few blanks on your story, namely how you're in Hawaii now. Yeah. (laughs) Because it really 
has been a pretty incredible transformation and journey to get where you're at now. And to me, it's no coincidence that it did happen while you were in the mastermind because mm-hmm. there was such a level of trust and surrender and support that you needed yes. as there was this really big dismantling happening in your personal life. Yeah. It was 2021, December of 2021, I guess like a tiny bit back. September of 21, we went to Maui to celebrate our 10-year anniversary, my husband and I. And being manifestors, we were there and we we're like, I felt this energy of, oh, I need to be here for a little bit. I was thinking in my mind, coming for six months, we homeschool. So we'll just teach the children. I don't know when it would happen. My husband's got a location-based job. Just put it down there. I got back and I told everyone that would listen that I was going to live in Hawaii at some point. It was just like, oh, I'd love to go live in Hawaii for six months. It wasn't like a, it's going to happen for sure this time, or even, I don't know how to explain it, but it just was easy breezy. It'd be great. I'd love to go live there for six months. And some people were like, do you have a plan? And I was like, oh no, if it's supposed to happen, it will just happen. But I will say that this level of trust was being developed in me over this time of being in the mastermind. So December 21, my husband lost his job. The furthest thing from our mind was where we should be traveling. I was not making any income at the time. I had my wife's business, which I had poured tons of money, time, energy into, but had not ever paid myself, which was a whole other story of having to heal through. But I didn't know what we were going to do. But a couple months before I had gotten the insight that I needed to go into design, web design and branding more full-time. And we had talked about it. I had talked to the mastermind about it. I was like, I really want to do this. And I had made the choice not in a place of lack. Yeah. We became in a place of lack, but I made the choice when I wasn't in a place of lack. And it felt so clean. The choice, Everything about it felt so clean. So when he lost his job, I was like, I already was preparing for this. Let's do it. And I somehow really think because I was held by the group, did not feel a scarcity around it at all. Even yeah. though we had no incoming money, I was just ready for it in a way that had been prepared for over the last, at this point, would have been a year, right? Or So I opened up the doors energetically. I think the mastermind is the only place I ever really told it to. And of course, did have some loving sisters that wanted to hire me right away, which is probably how it all propelled, but never marketed it in any way other yeah. than that. And you had people coming to you before you even set up shop. People were like, who did your branding for wild and fair? And you're like, I did it. Oh, who did your website? I did it. That is true. Yeah. I had people coming to me before and I had done all my family's restaurants, not their branding, but their websites. And I had done a couple other built websites, multiple websites throughout, but just as for friends or whatever. And so it it is true that I had kind of not a, I had people interested, but still it was just crazy to me, literally like unbelievable to me that I had been an entrepreneur for almost eight years and could not pay myself. Okay. I'm doing this thing. And then had full books for two months right off the bat. And I had never made, I'd never supported my family. It was just unreal to me. I was like, okay, I hear you universe. I'm finally doing the thing you've been wanting me to do. Or maybe it was the energy behind it. I still couldn't tell you what it all was. Yeah. And it's not like I was pulling these ginormous numbers, but I was doing like 5,000 a month for the first couple months. Yeah. And it's mostly straight to me. There's not a ton of overhead. So it was almost all profit. It was almost. And, and actually as I'm doing the math in my head, I think really it had only been six months in the mastermind, which is insane to me. Like my brain cannot compute that. I didn't realize at the beginning until you mentioned it, but like your husband's unemployment had been denied in the beginning. It did eventually come back around as it should have. Like you guys were 
perfect candidates yeah. for it. But essentially, you take the sole income earner in the family and then it's gone. Yeah. And there's no unemployment. And you didn't have a business that was paying you anything. Right. I was paying the business actually right. at that time. That's right. I was spending money to keep my business running, my wife's business running at the time. Yeah. So yeah, it was unbelievable to me, but in the most comforting way. I was okay with this unexpected thing, obviously, but also I think sometimes you can even self-sabotage when something like that happens. But I think in a way awoke the divine masculine in you, whereas before there was that tendency a little bit to be in the wounded feminine, you were just like, okay, I've got us. Oscar, you've been doing this piece for so long and let me just pass the torch for a few months. And none of us thought he was going to be unemployed for very long because he had a great skill set and was well-connected in his industry. And so you were just like, great, I've got projects and I'll carry us through. And mentioning like that, he ended up being out of work for, I guess it was a total of almost seven, no, almost six months. And we wouldn't have guessed that. And I think that would have been super intimidating had we known that before. I was just taking it one month at a time. Yeah. But also I think I needed that time to also center in this belief that I was capable because we all have stuff and it's all of it gets unveiled sometimes during it, sometimes after all these times. And I had so much belief around incapability, low worth, like all of this stuff so deeply. And I tend to be a shamer, right? Like I tend to take in the shame and I needed that time to rewrite these stories and re-center this belief that I was capable. I'd never supported my family. Like what a cool thing. I'm now I we're doing it together, but it's like, what a cool thing that I did that for a little bit. Yeah. Something that I had wanted. Yeah. It's not for, you don't need to do that, but I had always had this desire to yes. be able to do that. I well, you had always been so appreciative and grateful of his role in the family yeah. that I think it felt good to be able to just step in yeah. and do it for him for a little bit. Yes. And be this team situation in a different way. Obviously, as a unit, you're a team anyway. I was raising kids and homeschooling, but it was something that I really desired. And to be able to do that, and I wasn't pulling in what he was pulling in, but it was magically, it felt almost like we had more money even than we had. We were able to do everything we wanted to do. And after two months of doing that, and then I think I had the next month booked, I said to him, all of a sudden I was driving by myself, which never happens because I usually have the kids with me. So I'm driving by myself in the car and I just get this hit, like, why aren't you in Hawaii? And I was like, why am I not there? This is probably the only time he's not going to be tied down to somewhere. What's the worst that we'd never regret spending a couple of weeks there? Why don't we just like voice texted my husband, Oscar? And I was like, hey, why aren't we in Hawaii? And he said, I don't know. So four days later, we had gone through like different things. But four days later, we had a flight booked, an Airbnb for five weeks. And I think we were leaving two weeks from that or something. And, and we're like, let's go do it. Let's go to Hawaii. So we went out there and day three, I was like, oh, I need to stay longer. My husband, you, we just got here. Give it a little time. Oh, I can feel everything in me says we need to stay longer. And and also though, he was in active interviews here in Los Angeles. He was very close in a couple different companies to getting a position. We also didn't know if I was going to be paid the next month. And so there was also this sense of complete trust to say, if we run out of money, we'll go home. And right. if you get a job, we'll go home. And so even though I had you this- You even had contingency plans of, oh, the kids and I might have to finish out the five weeks by ourselves because you're probably going to have to go home and start yeah. a job. But it also was this weird sense of just like letting surrender, yeah. like complete surrender. Because even yeah. though I felt that feeling of, ooh, I want to be here long, it was very 
which I had to, we had to talk about so much in the mastermind. Right. Cause I was like, is this feeling just like honeymoon feeling? What is this? But there was this sense of complete trust. That's how I described 2022. It was like a giant trust fall. Yeah. Husband lost his job. I started a business. We went on vacation to Hawaii and then we ended. So after the five weeks, our Airbnb had a cancellation for seven weeks after. And we had gotten to know them. So they gave us this insane deal that allowed us to stay for the additional seven. And actually when we signed or laid that contract out, I was like, oh, that'll be it. The three months and then I'll feel complete. And I felt this sense of completeness. And I actually didn't have that scrambling of, ooh, I want to stay here. I want to stay here. It was just, okay, the three months is what is good. That chapter's closed. Meanwhile, my husband had been getting no's, which was really difficult for him. I do think being able to go to the beach in Hawaii helped soften the blow a little bit, but he had to process through a ton of what is his worth and he's the provider and just generational things that he had been told his whole life and all of this other stuff. So he's doing all that work. And anyway, we're there for those seven weeks. And sometime in that seven weeks, I finally admitted to myself, I actually want to be here. I want to mm-hmm. stay. Because it took me a while because yeah. I kept going, is this crazy? Is it just because when we even talked about it, you're like, sometimes it's that vacation medicine. You're yeah. like, it's so easy. You feel so good. You want to, and I was like, I know that feeling. And this also feels deeper. And, but do I trust myself enough to be like, oh, everyone that I love, all my family, both sides are all in Southern California. I'm just going to go because I feel like moving. Like there's just so much that I had to process through within that seven weeks. I finally admitted to myself that is what I wanted to do. I asked the kids who had fallen in love with it also with me. It wasn't like we were just ripping them up from what they loved. They also had fallen in love with Hawaii. And then he's harder to read. But I was like, do you want to stay here? And he's like, fine with whatever you want. I need you to help me with this decision. So anyway, he eventually applied for jobs there. And it was just, every part of it was so divine. I can't even take credit for any of it, it feels, because it was this incredible position. It was an amazing company. They were true to their word. They did everything they said they're going to do. If they said they're going to call Wednesday, they called Wednesday. It was just, he had been in interviews for six months with nobody doing that. And so every part of it was so beautiful, better than we could expect in every single way. And then he got offered the job. We decided to rent a house out there. We came back four months from when we first came out, donated everything we owned, and then went out there with nothing. And it's funny because even the stuff we tried to bring ended up getting stolen. And it was really this feeling of, okay, we're, everything's new. The energy is new. We're restarting because there was this, all these energies of not capable, not good enough that I had lived with. Yeah. And I was like ready to turn that over. Yeah. And out there, I feel so abundant and so free in a different way. And it's not because we're out there. I don't think, I think that was an energetic thing that happened, but it just happens to be that we finally stepped into this. And we have a history of my family being here. So I always felt supported and helped by them. And a lot of my capability went to them. So I was like, oh, we have a good life because my family did all this for us. Or we have a good life because we have generations here and they've developed it for us. And so it just added to that feeling of I'm not capable. I'm not capable. It's not me. So being out there has given us this permission to be like, whoa, look what we can do. Look at us. We're doing it. We're doing it. And the reason why all that happened was because you're mastermind. So (laughs) at least in part, I know the story just blows me away. And I've heard it many times and lived it and experienced it with you. And I'm still like, wow, I can't believe that you've been there over a year already. It's just what an illusion time is because it's hard to believe. But I think it is so interesting how when things are divinely guided, there are these really creative solutions that we never could have imagined. Mm -hmm. Because you knew you weren't supposed to continue living in your apartment here in LA. And you had known that for a while, but you had such a limiting belief around 
your family's ability to pay rent at the going rates. And so it was like golden handcuffs. It really was because I'm so grateful that I've had this and it's so wonderful to not be paying market rate for rent. And yet it's making me feel like there's no way that we could do it. And then all of a sudden you go to Hawaii and you're doing it and you're paying it. And it's, oh, what do you know? Look at us. We can pay rent. We can pay the going rate. It is unreal. It showed me so much about mindset and trust and surrender, like on a level that I couldn't have planned out. Yeah. And I couldn't have, no part of anything that happened was planned in any way. And my business is still, every month I'm still signing contracts, yeah. all these things. Because also I was like, well, you is like this just mostly short-lived? don't market. No. And you've had a steady stream of clients since the day you opened. Yes. And I think because it is a heavily word of mouth business, right? There's a lot of who yeah. did your website or who did your branding? And I love that because I am, I do not have sustained energy to like do right. consistent social media or, or marketing, which I used to find a huge fault of mine. And I still, there's times when I do wish that I did have the energy to do something like that. But also being in a business where I don't have to rely solely on that is very replenishing for my soul. And so it is every part of it. It's like unbelievable to me. And I never, ever want to lose the gratitude, the wonder, the playfulness, the whimsy, like all of that has, I am a big possibilities thinker. And I think that I want to look at every day, like with this childlike wonder. And I think that really helps me stay in that place of gratitude because it's, I know how unreal this story is. And I feel incredibly grateful to be living it. (laughs) To me, I think it's only amplified, honestly, with the business that you have now and the life in Hawaii, it really only amplifies your childlike wonder and your appreciation for what you have. Totally. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show. I can't wait to do another one. Once we co-create my new branding and website, and then we can talk all about that process. Because I think what you're doing is a very unique process. And it's especially great for coaches and very heart-centered business owners. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, I have a feeling people will want to connect with you anyway, and like at least be able to check out your work and your portfolio. So where can they find you? Sure. RochelleSerna.com is probably the best place. Gives you the most full picture. And then I'm also on Instagram at Rochelle Serna. Yeah, just the name straight. I was like thinking, do I have a dot in there? And yeah, that's probably the best places. Yeah, so, so we'll put those in the show notes. Love Thank you, you so for coming too. on the show. Thank, Thank you, you so much to everyone listening. And we will talk to you soon. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for listening today. When you subscribe, review, and share this show, It's an important and free way to show your support. I'd also love to stay connected on Instagram. You can follow me at mmakesmoney. And if you're curious about working together, head to emilywilcox.com to explore. Until next time, I'm sending you all the magic money vibes.